Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. It is another Wednesday where we do the Bible study at Bible Near You. We're looking at the Bible, the overview of it. So we started on the 11th of November where we looked at the overview of the whole Bible, looking at the sections the Bible have, the New and the Old Testament, and then looking at the Old Testament and its divisions and the books that are categorized in it. And we also looked at the New Testament and the books also, the way they are organized. So we established on the first episode that the Bible is well organized. It's organized, everything is set in order. So if you are reading it, you get to understand where you are in the Bible. Are you in the book of the law? Are you in the book of the prophets? Are you in the book of wisdom? Are you in the books that pertains to history? So we establish all that, that the Bible is well organized. And then we went to look at Genesis, the book of beginnings. We established that Genesis records the beginning of everything, the beginning of everything. So we get the beginning of the whole world, the beginning of nature, the beginning of man, the beginning of sin, the beginning of the nations, the beginning of the tribe of Israel. It's the book of beginnings. Everything begins in the book of Genesis. And then we moved on to look at the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, we saw the institution of Passover. We saw the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. We saw them receiving the law, the Ten Commandments, the covenant that God had with them. We saw how God provide for them in the wilderness, giving them manna and giving them quails. So in the book of Exodus, we see the institution of, uh, of uh, the first. We see those important events that will never be forgotten in their history. So even when they refer to God, they refer to the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt because that day when they came out they always remember it on the Passover and then we looked at Leviticus which is the book that concerns the sons of Levi and their ministry and we saw how God gave different types of laws and how God wanted things done and how he wanted to be worshipped we saw a tragic event where Nadab and Abihu were destroyed by the fire that came from the tabernacle of God because they had brought strange fire. And we established that that strange fire, even today we can see that it is a strange worship that God did not command. And we should seek to God, look to the Bible, see what God says about him being worshipped. How does God want to be worshipped? As we know that Jesus says that God is spirit, 
And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus says, the Father seeks such to worship him, those who worship in spirit and truth. So today we are looking at the book of Numbers. It's the fourth book of the Bible, the book of Numbers. And this is one of the books that are least read by most professing Christians. It's one of those unfortunate books that Christians just browse over. They don't read them. And, you know, they only know pieces of this book, just little stories that come from the book. And even then, that knowledge is only acquired when the preacher mentions those stories in passing. Once one gets to read the book of uh, Numbers, they get to understand the journey of Israel in the wilderness. There is something to be noted about the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers, is that they both begin with the words, and the Lord, and the Lord. It's amazing how you just open the book with the word and. It's, it's quite strange to me that you, one will start a book with the words and. It's like there's something that has been said before, and so you are conjuncting those two statements, and the Lord. So what was being said before, why are you saying and? So it seems like the book of Exodus, sorry, the, the book of Leviticus and the book of Numbers, they are the continuation from the book of Exodus. It seems like Exodus ends and then Leviticus goes, and the Lord called Moses. And, and then in the book of Numbers, and the Lord spoke to Moses. One wouldn't be offending really to say that these books are, are just continuing the story which began in the book of Exodus. And Genesis being the precursor thereof. In the book of Numbers, we see God being actively involved in the affairs of the people of Israel. As Israel had no king, God was their king. And he took care of them no matter how rebellious these people were. The title of the book, well, the book is called Numbers. This is from the Greek arithmoi, which means numbers. And the same Latin word is called numeri. So the same book in Latin, it's called numeri. So even in the Zulu Bibles, it is called unumeri, numeri. So it's taken from Latin, directly from Latin. But that comes from Greek. And the Hebrew name from the book is Bemidbar, which means in the desert of. So it's like a story that touches what happened in the desert. It is very possible that in the Greek it is called the book of Numbers due to the counting of the people that takes place right at the beginning of the book. That's very possible. But the Hebrews didn't call it Numbers. They call it in the desert of, or they called it, quote, and he spoke. Due to that, it opens up with the words, and the Lord spoke to Moses. So, now, looking at the author and date, just like the books that came before it, the book of Numbers, the authorship thereof is under scrutiny. However, it is widely believed that Moses wrote these books. Numbers 33 verse 2 tells us that Moses was commanded by the Lord to document all their journeys. And Deuteronomy 31 verse 9 shows us also that Moses wrote the law and then he gave it to the priest. So some people believe because of these two verses and the way they are set forth, some people believe that it could not have been Moses that documented what he did. That Moses, like he writes in the third person, some people don't believe that Moses would do that. So 
There are people that believe that these books were later edited during the exile or in the post-exilic era. As for the date and the place where the book was written, it could have been written in the wilderness somewhere around the 1430s BC. So that was before Moses died, before they came to Jordan. So just, just around there, 1428, 1429, 1430s, somewhere around there it could have been written. And the message of the book of Numbers is that, as the Hebrew called it, Bemidbar, it is the book that records the events that took place mainly in the wilderness journey of the children of Israel when they were led by God. It records the census, the settlement, arrangement of the tribes of Israel in the camp and the order of movement when it was time for them to go. We see the instruction on how to move, the tabernacle and its furniture, the trial of jealousy, the law of the Nazarites, the blessing of the people. We also read in details the account of the offerings that were made by the princes of Israel. The relationship between the people of Israel and God was not a smooth ride. The people always murmured and tempted the Lord, and the Lord punished them severely sometimes. And the book records that God once sent deadly serpents like venomous snakes, which killed many of the people of Israel. But when the people repented from their offense, God commanded Moses to make a brazen serpent and lift it up. Anyone who was bitten by the snakes and looked at the brazen serpent or the second serpent or the snake that was made of brass would not die. Now, Jesus quotes this part in John 3, verse 14 to 15, and we understand that the lifting up of the serpent in the wilderness was a type of the crucifixion of Christ in order to bring salvation to those who believe in his name. So Jesus says in John 3, verse 14 and 15, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that whosoever believed on him should have everlasting life. And then our famous verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we also see the children of Israel drinking from the rock in Meribah. We see this in the book of Numbers. And this is the second time where the children of Israel drink from the water. The first time was in Horeb. And we find that in Exodus chapter 17 verse 6, where God commanded Moses to smite the rock with the rod. But the second time in Meribah, God instructed Moses to speak to the rock. But Moses smote the rock and therefore that was an offense. It displeased the Lord and therefore forfeited his right to enter into Canaan. And so Moses was going to die and Joshua was going to take over and lead the people of Israel over to the promised land. So when we look at the church of Israel drinking from the rock of Meribah, Paul says that that rock was a type of Christ. And we look, here, look at it in, in Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, where Paul says that they drank from that spiritual rock which followed them, which is Christ. Going further, the outline of the book of Numbers, just from the onset, chapter 1 to chapter 4, we see the numbering of the Israelites and the marshalling of the tribes. And then secondly, we see the Lord regarding jealousy, legislation for the Nazarites, 
and other laws in chapter 5 verse 1 to chapter 6 verse 27. And then we see the offerings for the consecration of the tabernacle in chapter 7 verse 1 to verse 89. And in chapter 8, we see the candlestick, the consecration of the Levites, um, their time of service. We also see that recorded in the book of uh, Numbers chapter 8. So the Levites were not just working all together. They had shifts. They had an order to follow as they were. And then in chapter 9 to chapter 10 verse 10, we see the second Passover, the cloud and the two silver trumpets. And in chapter 10 verse 11 to 36, we see the departure from Sinai. So they're moving. And then in chapter 11, we see the Tabera, the quails. And the 70 elders, also that, that's, that's in documented. So if you want to know much about this, just go and read Numbers. And then in Miriam, Miriam and Aaron like conspiring against Moses when they, they gossiped against Moses concerning Moses' wife in chapter 12, verse 1 to 16, and where God punished Miriam with leprosy. We see that um, in chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. And that's also where we find God telling us that when he speaks to any prophet, he will use dreams and visions and other ways. But to Moses, he speaks face to face. Chapter 13 and chapter 14, we hear the story of the 12 spies that went to spy the land of Canaan, where 10 of them came with a negative report a negative report that stirred the whole tribes of Israel. And two of them, which was Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, they came back with a good report and they said, the land is beautiful and we can go up and take it, you know. But the others, they just stirred up and people followed the majority because they were afraid of the giants and the sons of the Anakim. So we see that. And th this is where God actually said, the people that came forth from Egypt will not enter the promised land. It's because of their unbelief. So their children rather will enter. And this is where, this is why they spent 40 years from Egypt to the promised land. It took them 40 years. The reason for that is their unbelief. It's because God says that generation will die out and their children who were born in the wilderness will go in there. The only people who came out of Egypt who were going to see the promised land, people who were born in Egypt who were going to see the promised land, were Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb. And then in chapter 15, we see different commandments regarding the, inter, the, 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 the eating of meat, the drinking offerings, offerings where a person had sinned through ignorance and commandments about Sabbath breaking. Here we also learn that God despised sin no matter who does it, whether you, you committed sin knowing that it was sin or you committed sin not knowing that it was sin. God would make sure that you will pay, that you have to pay for it, whether you knew that it was sin or you didn't know that it was sin. So God took sin very, very seriously. Sin was very serious in the eyes of God. And that you find in verse 15, uh, from verse 1 to 40, that's where you get all those different laws. 
And then in chapter 16 and 17, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, that's where they rise up against Moses. Uh, so chapter 16 and 17, and God deals with them very harshly. And also God uh, specifies that he had chosen Aaron to be the priest and a Levi, uh, among the sons of Levi. And then in chapter 18, we see the position of the priests and Levites and the water of separation for purification of sin in chapter 19. In chapter 20, we see the death of Miriam at Meribah. And this is where the children of Israel also drank water from the rock. And then Edom refuses to give Israel passage in chapter 20, verse 14 to 29. And Aaron dies also around those verses. In chapter 21, chapter 22, and chapter 20 to chapter 25, so 21 to 25, we see the struggle at, ha at Homer, the serpent of bronze that I talked about, the serpent that was made of brass or bronze, uh, to the plains. They move to the plains of Moab. They fight against Sihon and uh, Og. We hear of Balaam, who was hired by Balak, to curse Israel. And we also see Balper, where the people of Israel sinned against God by worshipping that. And the worship of Balper is because of the conspiracy that was caused by Balaam, who was hired by Balak to curse Israel, and the cursing didn't work. So Balaam advised uh, the Moabites that they should give their daughters to Israel and then there's going to be intermingling and and then people will also worship those idols and they will God will turn against them so we see that happening in chapter 25 and then we see the second numbering of the Israelites in chapter 26 verse 1 to 65 we see verse 27 the right of inheritance of daughters there were daughters of Zelophad who had complained that they didn't, their father did not have a son and therefore if they get married their inheritance will be taken by others. So then there was a law instituted to protect the ownership of land that it remains with the tribe that pertains to it. So if a man from Judah for example gets only daughters and does not have a son to continue his name the daughters are not allowed to marry into another tribe, say, for example, the tribe of Reuben or Ephraim, they can only marry into the tribe of Judah so that the land will remain in Judah. So that's, that was the law that was stated there. And then as we move on, we see the commandment regarding the offerings of the vows uh, of the women in 28 Verse 1 to 30, we see the vengeance taken against the Midianites, chapter 31, verse 1 to 54. We see the allotment of the land on, the, on this side of Jordan. So there were tribes here, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of God, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, who said they loved this land that was before you crossed Jordan. So it was not in the promised land, but it was before the promised land. And they said, it's a beautiful land. It's good for their animals. There are good pastures there. And that land, I mean, they've already defeated the occupants thereof. So they, they said they want to spend time there. And they were allowed to. But Moses told them that they should first... Before they possess that land, they can leave their children there and their women, but they need to go 
over Jordan and help their brothers take the land in Canaan. They need to help their brothers to fight and win the land in Canaan. Then they can come back and enjoy the land. That's in chapter 32, verse 1 to 42. And then the places where Israel came during their journeys through the desert. So we get the record there in chapter 33. I think I've quoted 33 when I was talking earlier before we came to the outline. And then we get the direction concerning the conquest of Canaan, the borders of Canaan, regulations concerning the divisions of the land, the cities of the Levites, cities of refuge, all that is found all the way from chapter 33, verse 50 to chapter 35, verse 34. And then the marriage of the daughters having an inheritance. So that's also cleared in chapter 36, verse 1 to 13. So my dear friends, that's it from me from the book of Numbers. So I'm encouraging you to read the book of Numbers. Just go and read. Now, next week, Lord willing, we will be looking at the book of Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy, that's one of the books when I read, sometimes I get really emotional because it is a goodbye letter from Moses to the children of Israel and giving them instructions what they should do in the promised land and reminding them what they have done and what they have been through. Please just go and read Deuteronomy chapter 1 to chapter 34. But before I say goodbye, I just want to recognize our dear friends who have liked and follow Bible near you. So I'd like to send a shout out to my brother Bafana Zulu who liked our past episode on our Facebook page. And also like to recognize my brother Zakele, brother Zakes and uh, Sister Cindy, who joined our group. They boy joined our WhatsApp group last week. So thank you very much. They followed the link. That was the link that was on our website, on the post itself. And they click on the link and automatically they join the group. And uh, I welcome them, announce to the group that who are these people that have just joined us. So you can do the same. Join our community. Don't be alarmed when you join the group and it says the Spokesdude community. You must understand that Bible Near You is part of the Spokesdude podcasting network. So it's part of the Spokesdude podcasting network. So just know that. That's why when you join this, the, the group on WhatsApp, it says the Spokesdude community. And also, if you say you want to have a podcast and you don't know how to start, the Spokesdude is actually good, can help you with that. And you can also have your podcast hosted on the Spokesdude. So we can help you in our network so that you can build your podcast and let people know about it as well. So we can help you start. So, my dear friends, this is Bible Near You, and my name is Lucas Ajostri. You have a fantastic, blessed, glorious week.